Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's time again for another uh, panel here at Comic Art Live, the spring 2022 uh, convention. John Suntress here from the Word Balloon Podcast. I'm always happy to talk to Kelly Jones, the fantastic, iconic artist who has had given us so many memorable images over the years and, and still killing it. I, uh, it's going to be fun looking at uh, some recent work of Kel's as well as some classic stuff, too. Good to see you, man. Good to see you, too, John. Thank you. Nice words. Well, and also, we were just talking off the air about our love of uh, audio drama. Yes. And and I was about to tell you, and it kind of relates to your work being a Batman guy and everything. They're currently Spotify has a Batman drama that uh, they're they're playing for free there and stuff. And it's like, it's the top uh, podcast, yeah, which is great. And we were talking about how much we love old time radio. In fact, one of your images is I may as well uh, pop it up. You did a, a fantastic, iconic shadow. Let me see if I can find it. There it is. Oh, thank yeah, you. Yeah, man. That was amazing. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so clearly, you're, I mean, and certainly... I'm sure you were a fan of what Kaluta was doing with oh, yeah. Neil back in the day. But yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I loved it. Um, when I was a kid, uh, one of the local radio stations uh, ran on Sunday nights old radio shows for whatever reason. I, probably no one was listening, so they had them, and they cost nothing, you know? And uh, I got into it. My dad grew up with radio. And uh, I think there was also uh, – it had just started was the CBS radio mystery theater. And that's why they probably did it because that was a big hit. And then they started playing like the shadow and stuff like that and knocked me out. I'm so with you. And I was a massive fan of the radio. Well, you see it in your head, too. you know, you totally see it in your head it's, and it's, and it's actually nothing's better than that. It, I it so is agree. And, the, and like comics, the budget is potentially endless because yeah. it's all in your head. All you need is a good writer <laughs> and, and great music and sound yep. effect to create yep. the mood. Yeah. You're, you're so right, man. So yeah. no, I, I, I too am um, a massive fan of that stuff. Yeah. And yeah, man, did, uh, did you ever get the opportunity? Where is he? Oh, I'm, I uh, just, there's another great image though. Uh, hmm. Some Sandman stuff. Yeah. But uh, here we've already, you know, we're already getting some uh, comments. Great folks. Well, we will definitely take any questions you have. I'll answer Kelly. everything. And, and truly, this is a great opportunity. Um, but yeah, did you ever get a chance to draw the shadow for any of the dynamite or? Uh, that's uh, who. The, that's those covers were for them. And um, uh, well, certainly, I would have loved to. Um, at that time, you know, obviously doing a lot of other things. It comics is all timing. You know, there's a lot of jobs I I couldn't take because you're involved in something else. But um, 
Shadow, I have a deep love for. I still think, I think I even said where you got it. He's still the most unsettling of heroes to me. Um, it, completely mysterious, very ambiguous. He's one of those, the less you know, the better he is. You know, I don't want to know everything on how he does it. He just does it. And, uh, or his backstory, even. No, I agree. No, I, I'm, I'm big on, on ambiguity in general. And <laughs> it, it just works. I just, I, it, you know, he's, it's like, uh, board games. I used to not to want to read the rules. We'll just start. And that's <laughs> the same thing with the shadow. It's like, I don't need to know all that. I just like what he does. You know? I'm so, I am so with you. That's fantastic, man. Uh, oh, this is very nice. Uh, Jordan Juanu from Hawaii. Big admirer of your art. You got me to look past the traditional art style mm -hmm. of a character, drawing to see the most uh, the more dynamic side. And certainly, Kel, what you did with Batman, I mean, starting with your uh, just iconic take on the cowl. And, man, we thought Marshall Rogers gave us a sharp yeah. point of years, man. You, like, uh, had him beat by, like, another six well, You know, the, the but the, there's a method to the madness on that. Um, when you come to Batman, at least when I did, you were in the very long shadow, pardon the pun, of the late Neil Adams. Certainly, yes. And you either, you know, everyone, he was kind of the measuring stick on on that so i uh when i came to batman um uh, dead man it was like uh it wasn't out of a lack of respect it was like how do i stand out against this one of the th three four five greatest who's ever done it who will have ever done it and um so you i came to it with uh more of a horror idea more because I would be horrified by him. I never did it. Like, what would I do if I was him? I don't care how his you costume works or anything. I don't, I don't care, but I, I came to it as what if I was just a man on the street? What if I was a regular citizen and I saw this guy and I wouldn't see him in the daylight. He doesn't, to me, he doesn't do his business in the day. I know nothing about him. I just know he's there and he says, don't do it anymore. And you go, okay. You know, he doesn't have to do anything. And so he became the shape and this 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 force of nature. And you have to throw out a lot of technical rules if you're going to get an emotion like that. You know, Understood. yes. Um, I, yeah, and I, and to his great credit, uh, Neil took me aside a couple of times, but one in particular where he told me how much he admired that. And I told him, I said, I, you can't do you just can't do it or you're an imitation or a lesser than yes. or whatever. And he says, you solved the problem. He says, I, I get it. He says, I kind of came onto it and had to reinterpret. And he said, uh, uh, and it was kind of, it was one of those things where I, I, uh, I re I, you hear a lot of things and they're all very, it's always very nice if someone likes it, but it's also okay if they don't like it, you know, um, if, if someone doesn't, well, uh, you know, that's, that's okay. Um, because when you're going to go into it and be, uh, I switched from being, uh, thinking the technical stuff to the more auteur, what more, what was in me. And, uh, you, that's, that's just part of the price. So if someone says, Oh, his ears are too long. I go, it's totally cool. I get that. <laughs> uh, but for me, he's a shape and a shadow. He's a, he's a thing that you kind of get a glimpse of. Um, 
and and that's how he works best for me. And I think I think those kind of ideas spread more ideas. It it it, it influenced how I drew him, the the feel of the book, the whole thing. I I, um, I was lucky to be with Denny O'Neill, who said, "Go further," you know. Wow. That's fantastic, man. And yeah. again, yeah, that he he gets it. And certainly that's the thing. He wanted the art to progress and yeah. innovate and evolve beyond his style. Because yeah. you're right, man. I mean, I talked to him back in the day about guys who were great artists, but yeah. certainly were following Denny's suit, like Don Newton and some of yeah. the others from that 70s, 80s period and stuff. Yeah. And and again, great stuff. But it really was all kind of same as as Neil's stuff. Yeah, so, and, and you and you go into it. Uh, I think anything you go into where you're going to be artistic and uh, give your best creatively, you also go into it with the idea that it's their right to fire you if they want, if they, if they don't like it, if if they're you. But I didn't go in there asking permission. I just did it, and I said, "Let the chips fall where they may." Uh, if I go out, if, if that's the end, whatever people will know what, you know, I'll went out on my own terms. So I'm extremely grateful to those editors and to those fans and to those readers who allowed that to happen and become part of that because I never saw it in my life. You know, I never in my wildest dreams that I think they're going to let me handle Batman. Well, thank God they did. And again, I thank God too. Yes. Yeah, man. No, and we got some other great examples of uh, of your stuff to show, and I will uh, I will pop them up as we're talking. But uh, people are already asking about some. <laughs> David says, uh, "My Batman is huge ears, huge ears, and I'll stick by it." Uh, Absolutely. Well, man. thank you, David. No, it's it's uh, always think of him. I always think of him as a silhouette rather than a figure. You see, he's that thing in the alley, that thing in your room, that thing that you didn't know was there until he announces himself. And, um, uh, that, that really influences the drawing. And I, and I always felt that it influenced the reader. I mean, when, when that would happen, um, once you allow that to kind of wash over you, it, I thought, I thought it kind of worked because it did on me and other things, you know, Totally understand, man. Absolutely. Uh, I hear EC. Well, first of all, I want to uh, uh, give people a chance in order. Well, as we're talking about, okay. about Batman, here's EC Harris, who has a great uh, comment. I remember picking up the Batman Red Rain graphic novel back in college. was blown away by the art. Love your work, Kelly. Also fun to have you uh, have uh, you have the Frankenstein uh, rights and oh, yeah. behind you. Let's, let's oh, take yeah. a look at that while we're while we're talking. Boom. Yeah, I'll get out of the way. There we go. Oh, that's great, man. That's yeah. fantastic. Hilarious. All right, I'll pull back yeah. so you're not uh, hurting your back or your neck. <laughs> <laughs> Mark says he enjoyed us meeting meeting up both of us at uh, Tony Moore's Cincy Cup yes. years ago. And yeah. that's when Kelly and I first met. Yes. Uh, when was that? 2012, 2014, around there? So, something like Yeah, yep. I would say 14 or 15. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, sadly, Bernie was supposed to be at one of those shows. Yes. And that's when he got sick. Yes. And uh, and yeah, it was a, it was a great loss. I love uh, and I want to bring it up and you'll forgive me, Kel, because I should have labeled these better. But I know I'll find your fantastic tribute to Bernie. Um, well, first of all, there's a great Frankenstein rocking yeah. image, which is outstanding. <laughs> I love that. Um, there's a good red rain. Absolutely. And we can come back to these folks. You'll, okay. you'll forgive me, but I really wanted to get to, uh, Kel's, uh, tribute to Bernie 
uh was it for a was it for a Bernie tribute book or whatever? There it yeah, is. Um, yeah. It was it was uh one of those things that Wrightson did, and I think I mentioned it on that post, was he was a master of composition. And sometimes you forget that because you're just overwhelmed by the drawing, but he got you to look at what he wanted and his incredible use of black and white texturing everything to draw you right to that moment. Um, he used to say that he could not do action and, and I, uh, you know, fine, but <laughs> there, was, there was a lot of action in how he directed uh, down to each panel of his work. It, it's, it's, not just a tour de force image here or there that he did. I I don't know how much energy that took, but that's an enormous amount of energy to each panel have that happen. And, and that's um, why it took so long a lot for a lot of his books to come out because he really took that time. With uh, I to this day, um, uh, you know, he had once said to me, "Well, you know, I could only do Swamp Thing bi monthly," but he was penciling and inking, and I go, "How you did that in two months is stunning to me." That the level of effort in that. And, you know, sadly, a lot of guys can't do monthly books anymore, much less a bi-monthly. They're, they can do covers or a few issues here or there. Sure. But Bernie mastered drawing on the assembly line. And I think that lifted him to doing Frankenstein, his incredible Christopher Enterprise posters. Um, I would recommend to anyone to go hunt that stuff down and – it's beyond it's a clinic you'll decorate your house with it so outstanding man absolutely yeah uh okay ec says he has to jump but he said uh, great to see you doing well thanks for all your work which is great and mike says hello to both of us he's a big fan of kel's art and uh yeah i agree with uh mr red jack here uh 12 or yeah mr red jack 12 you gave batman that perfect amount of creepiness he that was more scary than that was more scary than his rose gallery absolutely well, man that was the whole point of batman I he, everybody's there being these terrible monsters and it's like you think you're bad check out the guy that's about to kick your ass and, it's and like, again it, it comes from the ideas i took it from just if i was a regular citizen right um yes. I would have thought Batman was one of the rogues gallery or one of the criminals. I don't know what he does. I don't know the details of his life. I just know he shows up and he must be the worst because they light a lamp and project it saying he's loose or he's out. Absolutely so, more of a warning rather than please help. Us. I always saw it as a warning. And, That's and, so great. And he must've been the greatest because the public knew that the rest of them, Joker on down, all serve time in Arkham except Batman. And so if he's fighting him, it must be over turf. It must be over control. It must be something. So that was, again, that's where the ideas spread. It goes from the scary shape to how regular people, to how the bat signal works. Um, and that was, and and to me, that was my Gotham, was this dude that you didn't know anything about. That's why I didn't want to give away too much of him. I didn't, you know, when when they'd say, let's uh, talk about how he does things or where it comes. Ah, I didn't want that. I said, he just does it. OK, he just does it. Um, and uh, I used to tell him they uh, I remember Denny says, hey, every time you're drawing the Batmobile, it's always different. And I said, yeah, because he has them all over the city. <laughs> That's awesome. Right. Sure. He doesn't just have one and it comes out of the back. He's yes. got them everywhere. And I said, it's whenever he needs it. And I used to make up devices all the time, whether Doug asked for them or not. I would just come up with devices because he has a utility belt and you never see him use the, the stuff. And I Gadgets. just thought, 
It's just, you got to, you got to take advantage of comic book, comic books in and of themselves. If they do something I, I, I disagree with now is they try to be films when they try to be more like comics. We're the only ones who do what we do. You come up with the more eccentric, the more interesting. If they're going to make a film out of it, well, the eccentric stuff is what knocks an audience out in a theater. But for us, that's that's our bread and butter is to come up with those things. It's not, you know, look, I'm a big fan. Realistic is great, but interesting is far better. And interesting is just this stuff. And then you can all get together your friends go, where did he, how did it work? How did he do this? I remember I made a man bat catcher. It wasn't asked for. It was just, you know, I had him fighting so much and I just had this little device and it makes a web and it shoots out and grabs him and whatever. And I just threw that in and they loved that. They thought that was great. And I went, well, it's different, you know, it's just, and of course he'd have a man bat catcher, you know, he, man bat might show up on, you know, I don't know who the hell knows. Uh, probably realistically, you'd have to have Santa Claus's sack full of stuff if he goes out. Oh, right. absolutely. But, but to me, it all fits in that little belt. And, you know. Yeah. Um, God, I'm sure you remember, too, those Treasury Edition reprint uh, comics. And they'd have uh, the interstitial stuff between stories. And you got a full, like, diagram of Batman's yeah, utility look, belt. I, and it, I, was I, the, it was the capsule uh, utility belt, not the pouches. And yeah, it's like, I, he's got a mini saw. He's got a, no, he's I got love a rope. that stuff. And that, that kind of stuff I loved it. It just, because <laughs> it wasn't closed. It was open-ended. There could be more and more and more. You could do that every treasury edition. I love that kind of stuff. Um, uh, one of my favorite things I ever did was when they used to have the Warner corner stores, I did do a diagram of the, of the back cave. And I just threw in all this stuff and I was doing all that and they let me do it, you know? That's great. Um, but it was because, uh, Denny used to love that, what he used to say, this frenetic, bizarre imagination and you just go and he says, and you, and the fact you just put him in there, he says, I, he says, if I'm the editor for all these years and I still don't know what's going to happen, that's a good sign. He was very supportive and I miss him to this day. Um, but I owe him a lot. Doug Mench a lot who used to never say, what are you doing? He just said, keep doing it. Outstanding. That's so great to hear, man. No, you guys were an incredible team. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. He was one of those guys who understood comics and I didn't, I just loved comics. You know, I didn't understand. I still don't really, I just know what I love. And Doug understood it. Doug understood the, the, the tempos and the meter and the, uh, the, the, all the nuts and bolts. And he never used to try to, to, hold me back in that he would just say uh you know if ever you're going to do this stuff just try to just uh, you know try to keep it in that arena and uh meaning uh you know if he's going to have all these different map batmobiles make sure they still have all the intrinsic coolness of what a map batmobile should be but they never they just encouraged it they just said go further um and then you don't think you're doing anything. I didn't think I was doing anything particularly odd. I just thought that's, you know, what you do. I was thinking if it were, I still thought of Gotham in the forties and I knew I couldn't do that. So what I did was try to make it um, more anachronistic. You know, there's a computer next to a hook and ladder phone. Um, <laughs> you know, no one questions it. It just is. There's steam engine trains next to, you know, 
Concord Jets. It just it's the way Gotham uh, rolled, and and that kind of thing, um, that kind of thing, just makes more ideas happen. It's it's exciting. And it comes through on the paper, absolutely, man. I got. I, I want to get back to what you were saying about uh, that. You know, again, you just kind of followed your instincts. But uh, I want to get a couple great questions here. Uh, here we go. Marcus wants to know: Will you ever work with John Beatty for commissions again? Oh, sure, sure. As soon as I have time again, John. John was one of those guys I learned a lot from. Like I said, I didn't know a lot about comics. I'm not a trained artist in any way, shape, or form. I'm. I would describe myself as a fan who got lucky and they hired him. And so I got a front row seat to me. I, I was actually so intimidated when I would go to these Batman meetings or see all these people because I didn't come there as some kind of peer. I came there as a complete geek fan guy. And I was so intimidated by, for example, Doug Mensch the first time that I felt I was going to throw up in his car because I was just so nervous. And he, he says, you look green. What's wrong? And I said, you wrote about everything I ever loved growing up, you know, master of Kung Fu, Moon Knight, oh, yeah. all these oh, things. Yeah. And then when I met Denny, it was worse because he was, let's go have lunch. And I couldn't hardly eat. I just sat there and I go, that's Denny freaking O'Neill. Um, and, and uh, so I got to ask all the questions. Denny used to not want to, talk about his past too much but i insisted there would be time we get business out of the way and then i said just i know you're busy man but five or ten minutes i just got to ask these things and he would answer it. he would then get into it and answer it um those were those were great days because i kept thinking how lucky am i i never saw this coming i'm taking advantage of it because they may say you're out of here long ears are done but i'll have these answers because i love those books and i love those years um and, and uh, I just was doing what I think anyone else would have done. You know, if you get these guys alone, not in a convention situation, just sitting there having a pastrami sandwich or just a cup of coffee. And, and once they got talking, then they enjoyed it. You know, then they weren't being interviewed or anything like that. they were just letting it go. They, they could say whatever they wanted. And, uh, but I, I was, I was just never a nuts and bolts guy. I was just, a uh, you know, emotional that I, I draw emotionally. I like to read emotionally. I think that's how we read and create art. So once they saw that, you know, I was this kid doing that, they would, you know, then they would lighten up and go, okay, well, we'll here, nerd out here, with you. Yeah. Here's where the bodies are buried. You know? <laughs> That's outstanding. You know, um, I did a Terrificon panel uh, pre-pandemic, and it was Mike Barr, Denny, uh, Jim Starlin, Pete Tomasi, and Tim Seeley. Yeah. All talking about Batman and Robin and stuff. And it was so great because at that point, and it sadly was one of Denny's last uh, conventions, he was like, you know, I always hated Robin. You know, yeah. this bright kid in red and green. You know, I mean, for God's sake, Batman is just making him a target. Yeah. Instead of, you know, taking the bullets himself. Well, and, one, and it was so great in terms of like, you know, right. get a Rod Denny. <laughs> you're right to say that because uh, he had noticed something I'd done with my Batmobiles were one seaters. And he used to say, <laughs> he used to say, uh, you know, I noticed this thing that there's only one guy can fit in those things. I said, yeah, because I don't want Robin in the stories. I just want Batman. <laughs> And I didn't know how he would take that. And he laughed and he says, I agree, man. Batman's a loner. And I said, yeah, I, I said, 
I have nothing, you know, Robin can go be in all the other things and be Nightwing and all that stuff. And I have no problem with that. But man, I loved, I loved just Batman on his own. And, yeah. uh, and, and so Denny, you know, it was one of those things where I inadvertently connected, Denny connected with me because I said uh, something to him that he had noticed. And uh, as uh, my way to say, I don't want Robin as much as we don't need him. <laughs> he can be on the phone. He can say, I'll get information. But that's, that's about the extent of my Robin. What about Nightwing? Now that Dick Grayson's an adult hero, what, what are your thoughts on Nightwing? Uh, you know, I think that's all cool. I mean, uh, but again, in in a separate sense, I don't. I I always like my Batman on his own. You know, uh, yes, yes. There are a few times he can work with someone. I love, for example, he'd work with Dead Man. That's cool because one's in the ghost world, one's in the real yes. world. So I don't mind that kind of stuff. But it diminishes Batman to me when he's with like real superheroes because he can't do those things. Interesting. And, it, and so I always want him. To where they, uh, where the other superheroes go, man, I never thought of that. You're right, Batman. That I never thought of that. That's his great strength. Is he's kind of like the Sherlock Holmes of guys in this. You Absolutely, know? and yeah. he's the know-it-all. I mean, yeah. and, and I and I kind of like in the cartoons that they kind of project that where it's like, yeah. you know, again, Bruce always has the right answers, but you could almost see their eyes rolling behind their mess, like, yeah, yeah, Bruce, all right, you know, <laughs> like, and also I always love him perched on a shelf or a ledge or yeah. like within a big room and everybody else is standing there and Bruce is in a crouch and everything, just kind of hovering just as a bat and everything. Well, you're dealing with on. the guy. I always looked at Batman. Remember he breaks every one of your civil rights, every one of your constitutional <laughs> rights, every one of your, all of your rights, he breaks them all. And you still go to jail because he's so good at what he does. He's convinced Gordon to say, yeah, we don't need that fourth amendment off, off to the jail you go. But but then again, those I that's why he does that. He listens, you know, and I he's he's sparse with his words to me. He he doesn't go on long diatribes. It's like I said, it's like don't do it, and that's it. That's all you got. Regular people hear that, and I used to tell them, uh, I think ninety eight percent of people who would really be confronted that would change their lives. The other ones who don't, that's why they're crazy and keep going to Arkham Asylum because they don't they don't get it. And and that was that was the uh ingredients to to what I would do. Uh Radium Theater uh Productions wants to know what was your process for creating the Nightfall omnibus covers? They're very unique and sprawling. Uh did you revisit the run to draw those? Uh you know when they asked because they I know what they mean. They're they're uh, double page things. And they were actually bigger because they wanted the spine to have something on it. So uh, what I wanted to do was capture the total flavor of Nightfall at that time, the Night Quest, Nightfall, all that stuff. So at the same time, uh, it's that fan thing. I wanted really good shots of all these people in their character, right? So they're all scarecrows, all weird and, you know, um, uh, you'd have you'd have Mister Freeze all doing. They they'd all be totally in character, uh, and not so much maybe being um, involved in any kind of action on those covers, but within that the, the way we perceive them. And then whatever the you know Batman doing his Batman thing. And then I just noodled it up as much as I could because I thought of them as 
uh, it was floated at me at the time that they might make posters out of those in their full size. So I wanted them to work on top of that. Um, and, and, uh, though they didn't do it, I think it, 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 I would stick with that with doing those kind of covers still, because, you know, you, you want them, you, you, you want something like that, especially if someone's going to spend that much money on an omnibus, they should get a pretty unique piece of art that is separate from what they knew already that was being reprinted. Understood. Oh, did, you know, does the Warner store have any lithos or anything like that of your art? Uh, they did. I did a couple of things for them. I did a, a really big uh, Batman image, kind of like you said, where he's doing his typical creepy thing. And they did it. Uh, they did it a regular one, but they also did it on canvas. Which it was enormous. Wow. Uh, they did the bat, uh, the thing where I did the bat cave, and they did this uh, beautiful plates. Uh, on actual plates where I drawn back uh, why someone would want that. I don't know. I don't get the plate thing either, but that's fantastic. You know, I mean, the, Im- but, the images are but, always great, but it's like on a plate. What do yeah, you, it's one of the few things I could actually give to my mom <laughs> and she could understand it. It's on yes. a plate, you know, uh, but, but they did those kind of things. And I was always very, very flattered or honored. They would even ask me because I am out in left field and I do see that. I mean, not while I'm doing it. I think I'm like everybody else, but uh, then my nose glows red and I realize I'm not. (laughs) Dude, absolutely. Well, that's the thing. And again, you know, um, there's too many heads to put on a Mount Rushmore of Batman artists, but that said, truly Dick Sprang, Neil Adams, your style, Matt Wagner, who I think is always vastly underrated as, as a great. Batman I think, artist. I think, uh, when I met Matt was around 91, 92 and I had been seeing his stuff anyway. And he had done some Batman work and it floored me because it was completely opposite of what I did, but it was taken from the same time. He was yes. into the forties. I was yes. into the forties. And so I remember being so happy to meet him. I think it was in Detroit and we sat and had a long talk because he was saying the same thing to me. He says, it's completely different than what I do, yet it feels exactly the same. Um, and we became very good friends from that time on. There, it doesn't surprise you, man. I, I've, I've been the, had the pleasure of uh, having a good acquaintanceship with, uh, with Matt as well, and it, yep. it's always comfortable. Well, he gets, he gets these characters uh, as well as anyone who's ever done it. And he took those eight page little stories from the early detective run and expanded them into great stories like Batman and the monster men and uh, a couple of those others that really were kind of horrific. Uh, I think he's got one of the great imaginations in comics. And I think he's one of the great, great writers in comics. He's the, he's the complete package writer and artist. Absolutely. Uh, I wanted to point out Grant's comment and I, and I do have the image to throw up. Uh, He saw your Popeye, uh, yeah. posted on Twitter, and you mentioned you have a dark story that you wanted to tell with the character. I'm going to throw up the image, but tell us your ideas on Popeye. Uh, basically, the, 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 uh, several years ago, I was asked to do a cover for it if I was interested in it, and I said, yeah, but I would do it as uh, um, they didn't really give any, I, you know, just draw a Popeye. And I said, okay. well, I have this idea for kind of a spooky uh, or spooky bat uh, or Popeyes, and because there's a lot of horror elements in Popeye, you know, beyond yeah. just the goons and the sea witch and all those things, 
uh, it's nautical and there's a lot of spooky stuff in that. And uh, uh, I grew up a, near an ocean when I was a kid. And so you would always hear things and see things and oceans are beautiful and then they're scary. And so I, I had done that. The good thing is uh, they got a hold of me recently. The King's Features people said, you know, we're, we're thinking about that. They, they liked some of this stuff. So, um, so I can't go too much into it, but they, they, they are, uh, you know, um, I, and I had told him I wanted it to be a black and white book, you know, uh, just black and white and kind of get into that old Fleischer feel the old, Oh uh, yeah. The, the way black and, especially the black and white era. Absolutely. But if you're going to do something different, um, it should be even from the, the surface on. I mean, uh, I think I think I th I had thought it would have been a huge book if if they had done it because it, everyone knows Popeye, but that element of it. And I don't mean uh, uh, the way people think horror is now, but in that classic horror sense, it would be even more frightening, you know. I understand, man, yep. and I and I get it. And again, I think it's a great idea. Uh, and and I mean, really, uh, that that image with uh, the goons and everything in there. Yeah, I, that was I, that was me trying to sell it to them. You know, they had sure. just said draw Popeye, and then I did it, and it went over extremely well with them. To where it's where they've had different people come on board, and they always see that and uh, and uh, let me know how much they like that. Um, because I think I think again, a good idea breeds more, and and uh, I'm certain they could smell that that could make money too. Okay. You know, um, Kel, I, I don't know where you are right now on commissions, but people are asking regarding them. Is there a way for you, them to contact you on your, they can uh, get a hold of me through Twitter or through Facebook. Okay. Okay. And that's how you spell, you know, Kelly with an E at the end. Yeah. Um, uh, Kelly, yeah. yeah. Kelly Jones art on Twitter and just Kel Yeah. You know, I'm Facebook's easy enough. You just type in my name. Sure. Absolutely, man. Uh, and Kelly Jones art uh, mm -hmm. at, at, at Kelly Jones art on uh -huh. Twitter. So uh -huh. that's good. Um, now, Philip asks about the Schumacher movies, but I also want to ask you if you've seen the new movie, the Matt Reeves movie. I thought it was terrific. I thought it was a okay. lot of fun. It Yes, it's a little long, but um, they kept the detective -y element to it. You know, uh, I think. Um, and and as far as like the Schumacher stuff w went, I always felt that um, I didn't mind the the overblown loud quality of them, but if you had done those serious with the overblown loud quality, they could have been very very uh, pretty cool. My only my only influence on it was they were taking from the comics, and they did like a lot of my exaggerated dark stuff. Uh, I know they changed. Um, Mr. Freeze, and then they started doing more stuff with the cape and things like that that they were seeing. But after that, that you know that they had their own ideas in mind. Um, but again, uh, the mistake always is is that you target one kind of an audience, whether it be adults or children, and they were they just thought of them as kids things. Um, if you target an audience and just assume they're intelligent, you can pretty much do whatever you want. Just assume they're intelligent. So I think. Uh, heavily idiosyncratic can work and still and still be um connecting with all ages and i just think they aimed at one and you and look uh i think that if you're gonna 
be in a film or make a film or do something with something like a comic or horror or sci-fi, you have to do kind of what Peter Cushing says. You do it sincerely, no matter what the lines are, whatever it is, you do it like you're doing Macbeth and people will buy it. 100% man. Absolutely. Yeah. And you're right about that. I always felt that way about uh, Adam West and Shatner. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, and uh, you know, Adam West, it's like, yeah, you know, he's, He's being silly, but th- just being that straight, man. I play. dig. I- I'll tell you sh- the truth. The, the the 60s TV series has some incredibly creepy stuff in there. It's nightmare fuel. And False it, face used to freak me out. Yes. Uh, and- I think there's a lot of really terrific stuff in there. And I think upon reflection now, as we come, you know, as years pass and you can go back to it, man, it has the vibe. And a lot of yeah. stuff can try to, uh, that w- we'll get these reactions to TV comic book shows now. And everyone loves it at that moment. And then they're forgotten, but no one forgets Batman 66. hundred percent. Uh, you yeah. know, I even, did you see that little video that somebody put together and they had the Matt Reese footage, but yeah. kind of, they cut in uh, Adam West and stuff. It, yeah. It's so worked. I mean, that's the great thing with the lighting yeah. and everything. It's like, still works. I it mean, still he's, works. He's it just still amazing. Works. Uh, yeah, pretty cool. Very, very cool. So, um, God, yeah, that's amazing. Marcus says he loaned pieces for the graphic designs book, uh, for your Batman book. Oh, really? Yes. Marcus. Very nice. That's nice. Very cool. Excellent. Um, so, you know, somebody made a comment earlier and actually I wanted to play back when you were saying, uh, you know, talking about Bernie Wrightson and Frankenstein and stuff. Yeah. Did Bernie's Frankenstein influence your take? on dead man because again it was that kind of decomposed uh, you know what it, what i think hit me was when i got the job i was uh they didn't know i wanted to do horror at dc when i came over to dc they just hired me as a hired gun and i had so it was a coincidence that they gave it to me and the first day i tried to draw it the way he had always been and it just wasn't working and i remember you know, I think, well, I'm, I'm stressing too much over this because I was so excited to get a horror story um, and, a, and a really good one by Mike Barron. It was very different. Wow. And uh, uh, so I go to bed, I get up in the morning and I realize I really hate it. You know, I just looked at it and I went, this this is just terrible what I'm doing. So I chucked it and I sat there and it's like one of those things is just hits. I thought of how Alan Moore... And Steve Bissett just took Swamp Thing literally and made him a walking swamp. Yes. And I said, well, dead man's dead. I'll just draw him as a as a dead guy, you know? And then since he's a ghost, I won't really have him be affected by earthly physics. He'll just be floating around and in weird positions and uh, really a desperate character, right? Just, just, you know, if he's connected to our world, and he can't touch it, interact in it, be involved. Uh, that's got to be pretty, pretty awful. Yeah. Kind of wolfmanish. So I had it affect him that way, um, and it just sort of took its own life uh, or death, as it were. Um, <laughs> but it took its own life. And again, I did not know. I was so excited by that idea that I drew the first installment, and I didn't show him anything. I figured. And I remember putting it in those days, you stuck it in the, in a FedEx box and shipped it off. And I said, well, that's the end of that. They're going to say, what the hell did you do? Here's a kill fee. Thank you very much. You know, 
but uh, I didn't hear anything. That was the funny part. <laughs> Nobody got back to me. They just said, here's the next script, do the next one. And it really was, uh, at that time, uh, Barbara Randall, now Kiesel, was the editor. And she got a hold of me about some kind of, you know, deadline thing or whatever. And I said, hey, you know, I, I'm not looking for compliments. Just what do you think? It's a different thing. What do you think? And she goes, well, it's it's not anything I would buy, but I can tell it's very different. And I like that, that it's different and it doesn't look like everything else. Uh, just keep doing it. Just keep doing that. I'm, I think it's it, for what it is. It's terrific. It stands out. And that's the best endorsement when you have an editor say, it's not what I would go for, but you, I want you to keep doing it. That is more energetic than the editor loving everything you're doing. I because get it. They're, they're getting the idea. And, uh, but she was a huge supporter of it. And she got me the prestige series that everyone got to know. Um, and was a big supporter of that kind of a dead man. And again, like I said, later on, uh, speaking of Bernie, Bernie had said to me, uh, when he saw it, he said, that was such an obvious idea. Why had he not thought of that? And that's the only way you can compete with a Wrightson or an Adams or anybody great is with ideas. That's, that's it. You can't go in there and say, well, I'm going to draw like Neil. I mean, that's impossible, but you can come up with an idea and the energy of that idea can sell people and, and at least give you legitimacy while you're doing it, you know, not, not embarrass yourself. Like, like I would be afraid to, you know, lucky land casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky, lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha. In my dentist's office more than once. Actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me. What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. I do understand, man. No, Jordan is enjoying yeah. uh, these looks at uh, some of your classic uh, takes on on characters and stuff. People, uh, oh, here, um, Mick, let's see, McCorgan B, McCorgan B, or Mr. Corgan B, pardon yeah. me, Mr. Corgan B. Uh, do you have any new projects with DC? I would love to read a John Constantine run with your art with a Lovecraft kind of style. Hmm. Well, that would be cool too. Yeah, I have a thing I'm doing for DC at this moment uh, with the aforementioned characters we just mentioned. Outstanding. And uh, I am doing, uh, got a thing in the works with uh, Matt Wagner, as we mentioned. Oh, earlier. that's great. Oh, yeah. my God. I'm, I must be, uh, my ESP must be working yeah. on them. That's fantastic. So, uh, so yes, things, things all to be announced soon as they don't let you do it now. In totally the old understand. days, I'd have been crowing about this stuff, but they don't let you do that anymore. Well, I saw and I'm, uh, a cover you did for Philadelphia, and again, you'll forgive me as I roll through images to get to it. I haven't had a chance to talk to Jason Scott Alexander about the book, yeah. but I have had a couple of conversations with Rodney Barnes, the writer. Yes. And man, that guy is such a great new voice in comics, and Very I'm, I'm not so. really new. I mean, it's been a few years now, but I'm yeah. so glad. And Philadelphia is such a fascinating book. And you mentioned werewolves earlier, and yeah. you had a great werewolf cover, so I'll find it. 
great. And by the way, great Batman Bay right there, obviously. And some other from great the old, Batman. From the old days, yes. Too much, man. Was that the Batman 666? Yes, it was. <laughs> this, of course, there you go. Some great. Yep. Look at that. Batman and Skulls, really. Is there a bat? And who is that in the upper left? Is that just uh, You Green know, Green? I just, it, when, when I did that one, it was just to kind of announce. That's when I took over the monthly book and I just said, okay, it's a different guy. So I'll take the the slings, but there it is. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Well, here's the Philadelphia cover. Yeah, and that's um, terrific, man. That's I think great. it's and a terrific book. I think yeah. I think it's it's uh, like you said, new voices, but with a great uh, comic book eccentricity. It feels like a comic. It doesn't feel like I'm reading a screenplay that is being you know. It's it's got all that cool stuff. So when when Jason asked me to do it, it was a no brainer. That's outstanding, man. No. Yeah, I think he, I think he's a brilliant artist. So I was really, really honored that he asked. And as I was flipping, well, first of all, let's talk about this because someone said yeah. they not only love uh, Dead Man, but they love your Sandman work as well. And tell me about this particular story. And obviously, too, I loved on Twitter you pointed out the cats are uh, actually all my cats. cats. That's just yeah. fantastic. All of those cats are my cats. Yeah. <laughs> are they that creepy looking in real oh, life? Yes. Or are they sweethearts? Oh, yeah, Aww. they are. Um, there, no, I've, I've got a house full of them. So, uh, no, what had happened was, um, uh, on that story, dream of a thousand cats. Yes. Uh, I wasn't the first, second, third or fourth choice for that, but none of the other artists wanted it. I had done one story before and none of them wanted it, uh, simply because Sandman's really not in it. He, in fact, he's not in it, which yes. makes it. Personally, a cha as soon as they said nobody wanted it, I didn't care what it was. I said, I'll take it. And they said, well, it's all cats. Do you know how to draw cats? And I said, absolutely, I know how to draw cats. So I had to quickly learn how to draw cats. Um, but but when, I, when I spoke to Neil and he described what it was and he was having – it was taking longer to do because he had to uh, rethink uh adverbs and adjectives and all that kind of stuff because cats aren't going to have the same references as us so he had to write it a little differently it took him a while um but that was fine and when i got the story uh it, it's funny thing because Sandman went from a cult book to a mainstream success with that issue because that was the issue you could hand to people and you didn't have to know sandman you didn't have to know anything you just went this is what it's kind of about and uh man it is so, it to me i still think it's one of uh one of the great books ever single issue of anything ever written and i'm just glad i got to hang on you know um and i'm glad i, I i'm glad that natural competition in me said take it uh i'm lucky in that well sadly the first 50 scripts neil wrote for sandman uh died in his computer it crashed and they're lost Wow. And none of and nobody thought to keep their scripts except me. Wow. <laughs> I, I still have all my Sandman scripts. And it is fun to reread that occasionally. I I dug it up a few years ago and uh they are wonderful because there's a lot of a lot of good stuff in there that um uh was very exciting to read that set the tone for it. Um, Doug Mensch used to do that too, write something to kind of give you the emotion of it. So when you got to it, you could, you could really pull from that. It's almost like acting, 
you know, if, if anything, it's like acting, sure. you, 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 you get a good description or a good setup. And then when you sit to work, there's a lot of energy to it. And you're the physical interpretation of what you're getting too. So yeah. that, I mean, you're yeah. at least you project that obviously. In the no, art. I look, I think it, uh, you know, they're going to do a TV series. I'm as excited as anyone to see how they, in the animated series. Edit. Yeah, you're, you're giving me the opportunity to promote an episode I'm going to drop on Monday. I talked to Ed Brubaker. Yeah. And, uh, and we talked about uh, the latest Reckless graphic novel he did with Sean Phillips, but obviously had to take the opportunity to talk to him because uh, he's the story editor yeah. on this new animated series. And yeah. God, it was great. And truly, uh, between the three of them, Bruce, Tim, James Tucker and Ed. Yeah. It's like, man, you couldn't have a better group of guys I agree. leading the team and everything. And I, I'm very excited. For Pure that. comics, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely, man. Yeah. Philip in Poland wants you to know uh, you're a Batman icon in Poland. Would you ever want to visit Poland sometime in late absolutely. 90s? Absolutely. I, I, I love Poland and I'm and in all I love Polish food. I'm a big Bigos fan. So that's awesome. Uh, yeah. I'm oh, sure, yeah. you know, Chicago, we got a lot of great Polish food. Oh yeah, you do. So, and when yeah. I'm there, I, I, I love it. Um, you know, I'm big, I'm, I'm actually a big fan of Polish history. I, I enjoy it quite a bit. It's a, it, you know, something seriously, man, you're right. I, I really do think it has a fascinating You know, if people, story. if people, one of those things, people look at you funny when you say something like that, Polish history, what's that? And I go, well, if you like the Lord of the Rings, when they do the charge of the Rohirrim, that is a real thing that happened, and it was the Polish who did it. Wow! Right when they when wow. they when they freed Vienna, they had six thousand horse, and they went and broke a siege, and that's where Tolkien got the idea. That's amazing. I so had it no really idea that. that really really happened um, against overwhelming odds. These guys came in and met their obligations, and it's exactly what he took when he read that uh, that history, and that was Polish. Something else you had done recently, and again, I'm going to scroll through the images to get to it, and that's a, a Jay Lee cover for something, mm -hmm. I guess. that's There it is. That's yeah, Jay's up. got a fabulous uh, 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 friend of mine, Kelvin Mao, is working on it with him, and uh, he showed me some of this stuff, and I thought it was just wonderful. I love Jay's work. and um, Sure. And uh, Jay's been out of it a while. So, you know, I saw these pages and I was just like, wow, this is terrific. And then about a month or a couple of months later, he said, would you like to do a, a, a variant cover for it? And um, yeah, I loved it. And so uh, I had a blast doing it. Uh, you know, when when you do a cover for like someone like Jason or Jay Lee, you really yeah. got to make sure you don't stink because <laughs> the, the interiors are so good. You know, the interiors are so good that you cannot not give You're it. You're hilarious. Ball, yeah. You know? Don't blow it, Kel. Exactly. Yeah, it is. Right <laughs> you know, I'm wide open in the end zone. Don't drop the ball. Exactly. You know? Absolutely. So because, is this an original character? Is this, yes, uh, it is. And, okay. Because I, uh, I mean, it's, it's got a Shang-Chi uh, vibe. To yeah. It, it's coming. It's coming. Uh, I believe out of image is doing it. Okay. Yeah. And Jay's put a lot of heart and soul in it. It, it looked gorgeous. It was a knockout when I saw it. I remember seeing just, the the uh, first few issues he had done, and I thought, man, guy has not lost a step. That's outstanding, man. No, I I love it. Um, all right, I'm scrolling through some more of these questions, folks. Great questions. Uh, while we are looking for questions, I will of course uh, point out Swamp Thing. Yes, and we talked a little bit about other people doing Swamp Thing, but of well, course I would look. It was it was uh, I was very very honored that uh, I got to work with. Bernie on his last Frankenstein 
And at the same time, I was working with Len on Swamp Thing. And I used to just pester them with questions all the time about that stuff. I mean, uh, again, I was taking advantage of the fact that they would talk nuts and bolts, work and that whole thing. And then uh, I'd just say, okay, but but I get to ask these questions. So I used to ask uh, Len and Bernie about individual panels, individual things that I saw. Uh, and Len... Uh, Len wrote such great comics in the sense that the scripts were so visual and so emotional and uh, frankly easy. I mean, you just read it and you go, God, this just, you could see it so well. It wasn't a problem. So I had great talks with Len. Len was so much fun. Uh, and he used to end all his conversations by saying, now remember, what we're doing, no matter how it turns out, it's supposed to be fun. This is supposed to be fun. Have fun. And um, the sad part is uh, obviously him passing. But DC had told him they wanted uh, he and I to do it a regular series with, with that's with Swamp Thing. Yeah. And I tried to help him as much as I could. But, you know, he just at towards the end, he was just worn out by by his illness. And uh, but he yeah. knew he knew he was wanted. He loved the books coming out. Uh, he was as excited as anyone when a comic like his. It was like his first comic ever coming out. Uh, that is a that kind of enthusiasm. You just feed on it, and it's your hero. I mean, yeah. he and Len or he and Bernie were the first guys I became fans of, where I knew their names and followed their work. Before I just read comics, go play baseball, jump in a tree, go swimming, you know, and. <laughs> But that's the time where I stopped after I read Swamp Thing and go, who are these guys? And then started hunting down their stuff. And it made me go from uh, just a comic book reader to a comic book fan. And then a slave to my father to do all the chores to buy all the comic books, you know? Yes. I know what you mean, man. Exactly. Well, is there anything the else way. you want done, Dad? Do you want me to do anything else? You know? Because I yeah. – I, uh, especially when I got to Swamp Thing because um, – I didn't understand, you know, uh, release dates and everything. I just knew you had to wait a long time between each one. Yes. And uh, when it came out, you better get it because they didn't order that many, I guess, because there was or they were all buying it. I don't know. And the Hey Kids Comics racks, you had to be there. I got to know the guy at the little market to just tell me when they were coming. Yep. And it, me and too. it wasn't like now where it's always on a Wednesday or always on a Thursday, whatever. It was whenever they came in. Absolutely, would, man. Now that new the newsstand era, absolutely. Yeah, man. it was it, and it was a lot more exciting. I'll tell you because they got everything now, and you didn't know what you were going to get, or you. No. I'm sure you were the same because Kel and I are basically the same age, around yeah. the same age, and yeah. those Whitman bags of three comics, oh, and and man. as much as it was like, all right, well, there's uh, you know, I'm trying to even think. There's a Spider-Man on one side, there's an Avengers, and then you'd get like where monsters dwell, or you'd get a Hellstrom. But I, the great thing was they were thrilling. I, I did. I became a huge fan. <laughs> of son of satan because i found son of satan in that and the absolutely mind-blowing treasury edition started coming out then and oh, yeah. oh, the, yeah. those big editions of Love stuff those. every you know i, I yes. wish they still did it because the best the best value for a dollar ever oh, my god ever. gigantic jack kirby thors i love yes the uh, the uh, Galactus saga was how I was introduced to the Fantastic Thor versus Four. Hercules, man. Yes, yeah, the Avengers with see, uh, we're, gonna, we're gonna throw down now the Yellow Jacket uh, Vision stuff and the yes. Avengers Treasury all, Edition all, and all. the DC ones. Conan, the first one with Conan and Barry yeah. Windsor, and he colored it for it. Oh my god! 
And I didn't know who any of these people were. That was my first introduction. Well, that, you know, I wanted to ask you, Kel, did uh, over the years, again, because we mentioned Kaluta before and certainly Bernie, and now we mentioned Barry and stuff, Jeff Jones, obviously. Those, did you get to meet those people? I mean, I got to meet uh, two of the four. um, And, and look, it's like the Beatles. I'm hip. Yes. The it studio for everyone who doesn't remember, those I, four guys put out a portfolio of stuff while they were making some of their best comics. Uh, and like you said, they were like the rock star artists of the They 70s. were. I remember I remember the absolute uh Dragon Dream Press put out the studio. And it was like uh girls put up pictures of, you know. <laughs> Elton Sean, I had all their posters on the wall. Outstanding. over everything they did. <laughs> and, you know, any little information, buy anything. There was even a tiny cr- scrap of anything in, in it. Um, and and they were kind of the star you steered by. Uh, it was like you could do comic book art and be this good and go to this elevated level. Um I remember spending all, there was a great store when I was a kid and they knew how much I love this stuff. So they would always take the gamble and buy this, you know, the posters, Yeah, yeah. uh, a look back with, and they had me, man. It was like heroin. I was heroin. I would come in there and I just would go, okay, I'll buy it. You know, I, and I would take what I had and go take advances from my dad and then, you know, go, do whatever he told me to do, paint, paint the house or something, but I would do it to have this. Stuff. I, the thing was, I was lucky enough to tell uh, Bernie, I did that. I said, Bernie, you got a party down payment on a car or house came from me, man. <laughs> you I, was, man Go ahead. I bought the Christopher enterprise posters. They only made a hundred of those on the, on this nice stuff. And then they did regular mass release, but I was able at that as a kid to get those because this one guy knew how much I loved it. And he says, all right, I'll get them. And uh, he didn't even make me promise. He knew he had me. He could have so charged great. me twice as much and I'd have done it. Br- Tim Bradstreet and I went to college at the same time in the same town. We were at different schools. Yeah. But we would see each other every week at the comic store. So we got to know each other yeah. when, when we were kids. And then, you know, I got into radio. He got into comics. We, we met up and he introduced me to Bernie. Yeah, and was so sweet about it and everything. And that was when uh, Bernie was doing that work with uh, Tom Jane, yeah. uh, Bad Planet. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, so that's when I got to meet him. And also, I knew the publisher of Bad Bad Planet, so Tom was incredibly kind to me as well. He he was one of those guys you could just walk up to. He had told me once that he had always regretted some of his behavior, and I didn't know what that meant in the early seventies. So he had become more generous that way, and I went. Everything I ever heard was you were generous and nice. That's all I ever heard. What are you saying? You know, uh, I think what happens, though, is that uh, I can't imagine um, the friend I knew who ran the store actually made the trip back when they were in the studio and bought some stuff. And wow. it was outside of my price range and some original art Wow! for, for the cha- uh, for this uh, for it was comics and comics and Bud Plant distributor was the silent partner so they could oh, afford, wow. they could afford to get some of this stuff sure so you go in and there would be pages from idol or a barry smith page or a shadow page or rights and stuff and it would just it, no one could afford it then i mean that was you know <laughs> but we'd all go in and ooh and awe and ooh and awe 
and you'll forgive me, but uh, with Coludo being in the studio, first art show that I saw of him, and this is about 2005, something like that. And he was at this little show in suburban Chicago. And I'm like, would you do a shadow? I go, how much would it cost to get a shadow sketch from you? He's like, how much do would you like to pay me? And I didn't want to insult him, but I didn't have a ton of money. And I'm like, 60 bucks he's like no problem yes they'll work to the level that's why he asked you if you said five thousand you'd have got a poster you know what i mean it's <laughs> it's, it's what they work to the level at that because they put so much into it and i don't mean just the little lines and crap i mean the the head yeah yes and those guys don't redraw the same picture every time I one of my favorite favorite times ever was uh, I got to spend about six or seven hours next to John Buscema. Okay, and John was doing sketches for people. It, they were and it's brilliant. They they were all the same guy, but he would just give Captain America head or a Thor head or a whatever, and he was just making fun of me because here I am trying to draw all these different things. And he goes, "Kid, what are you doing? You're killing yourself." But I'd look at what he was doing. They're beautiful. I mean, but then again, yes. he was the Michelangelo of comics. He could, he just a perfect grasp of the human figure. And he could do these in moments. <laughs> you know, I'm like going, God, this is incredible. Truly and is. To the point yeah. where I quit doing it. And I just wanted, I just, I wisely, I said, I'm not doing this anymore. I just want to talk to you while you do it. And then I maybe can see he was very gestural, you know, very gestural. And then this thing like out of marble just appeared. You know, yes, it just was there. And I went, what, what site, what gift? He says, no, I worked to get to this point. It didn't just happen. You're, you're looking at 20 years to get to this point. And I went, okay, I get it. It was a lot of hard work. Absolutely, man. No, and you're right about that. And it, it truly to watch an artist evolve, but yeah. it's, it, it starts with knowing your craft yep. and, and really, and, and getting the basics. And then, and do you feel that way in terms of, like you said, as you learned and everything, I just threw away the craft and then I was very lucky. I was very lucky as a kid beyond comics. I knew who I was. I knew my identity. So when I come to art, it's the same thing. I know exactly who I am. I know exactly what I'm into. I know exactly what I want to see. And I know my limitations and I know the undiscovered country parts. And I work towards the undiscovered country parts. Even with my limitations, I go to that and just see what will happen. You know, that's fantastic. And yeah. and that's the only thing I have to compete with the Busemas and the Kaludas and the, all the rest of them. Uh is and, and and competes probably the wrong word to just not be embarrassed to be <laughs> in the same sure. room. I don't know if you know, and there's no way to know. I mean, there's there's no yeah. way to know. Actually, uh, there is, man. It's the line that always uh, shows up whenever you're at a convention. I with, and with I their stuff. Look, I'm as shocked as anyone. Okay, uh, it, no, you because I only draw in my studio, and outside of it, I'm like everybody that else doing yes. everything else. I can honestly say, no one on my street knows what I do. <laughs> uh, a handful of people may do, and they don't ask too much because it's all right. real world stuff. But right. I think like what I do is then when I get into that room, I'm 12 years old now with a little more talent and I'm all excited again. I'm not burnt out by it. I'm really excited to do it. 
That's wonderful to hear. Absolutely. You know, Kelly Sue DeConnick, one of my favorite people in comics, yeah. she always says there's famous people and then there's comic book famous people. Uh -huh. And yeah, that's the thing, man. It's like, no, once you're out of the convention hall and you take the badge off, you're just another schmuck on the street. I, and and I, I will say <laughs> that that kind of anonymity gives you the ability to recharge your batteries. Yes. And lead a normal to, life. Yes. Have a normal life and draw upon that. Um you know, I had a period where people said, well, you never go to shows. You never go to shows. And I said, well, I had two kids and they had to be raised and go to school. And they didn't, they didn't even know, John, they didn't even know I did comics till they were 12 or 13. Wow. Were they, they growing no up idea. on Batman and Superman and Spider-Man? I, I just never spoke about it to them. They'd that come into so what they call dad's room, but they didn't know I did it. They just thought, you know, I... They didn't think I even had a job, so they probably thought I'm sponging off mom. <laughs> and I'm just sitting here watching movies all day, listening to music with Frazetta posters everywhere. Outstanding. You know, what a loser. You know, what a, what a loser. And one day, my kid said, uh, my old son had said, hey, Dad, we need to go. Can we go do this? And I said, no, I, I can't right now. I've, I've got to get this work done. Uh, the boss is waiting for it. And he goes, wait a minute. You got a job? And I said, yeah, I got a job. I've had a job. What do you think? I didn't even know. And he goes, and he sticks his hand out and says, you know, shake, <laughs> shake my hand. He shook my hand. I had a job. And he runs out of the room, tells his brother, he dad's got a job. <laughs> That's fantastic. It so was, I was, I was absolutely as stunned a face as ever. And I go and tell my wife, I said, they didn't think, they think I'm spun. What are they telling everyone at school? Dad's a beatnik. He just sits yeah, around totally. us. Loser. He's a sponge. <laughs> now that the culture has caught up and and truly, I mean, yeah. honestly, and again, we're the same age to really see the recognition by the mainstream of yeah. all this stuff is amazing. Yeah. What do you what do your kids think now? Because again, it, shocked them. it absolutely shocked him. I never took him to anything. So the, about a year or two after that, I uh went to San Diego and I said, Hey, do you guys want to go? Cause they, they, they loved video gaming and all that kind of, you know, what kids love. Sure. And I said, what, well, if you want to go, that's fine. I got, dad's got to work and sit there and do stuff, but you guys can go do whatever you want. And, uh, I can remember I sat down and started doing the signings and stuff like you do. And there was a, thankfully a lot of people there and they were shocked. I can remember their faces just shocked. Like who wants they're talking to dad and th this whole thing and that, you know, and afterwards <laughs> they came up and they said, you know, you there's that was weird. How did you know? I go and you don't sound like you do. I said, no, because I'm telling you to mow the lawn and right, you're dead. You know, yeah, clean your room. <laughs> this we're talking about Batman and dead man and all that kind of stuff. That's a two different worlds. So it took them a while to ex to to get that. Um, but then they're friends. They had friends who were into it and it shocked them. You know, your dad does what I, I, I have that. I, you know, that happened. So it was kind of a culture shock for them. You know, um, uh, <laughs> how probably, old are they now? Uh, they're both, uh, one's in his early twenties. One's going to be 20. That's great. Okay. Yeah. That's true. Well, again, young adults. So that's fantastic, yeah. man. Yep. Wow. And again, that's the thing. I mean, now, it's got to be amazing for them that, again, it's – again, Kelly, and I appreciate your humility, but yeah. as you can tell from the questions we've been getting in the comments and stuff, 
Truly, and that's why I think Bill was so excited that you were being able to do this uh, weekend with us and everything. Yeah, and I mean, you know, again, you're you're one of the Batman rock stars. Sorry, well, I I do appreciate that, and it's you know when I took it as a monthly book. Yes, I took it because uh, Doug Wildy had said a thing to me a couple years earlier. Wow, and Go on. he had said he had said I'd done an Aliens, and he had liked it. He didn't understand it, but he liked the interesting. Art. Yeah, he he, yeah. he liked the art. And he felt like it was something he recognized. And um, anyway, he said, would you like a cup of coffee? Oh, he died like a year after this. Wow. And um, I said, sure. I was just in awe. I mean, it's the guy who did Johnny Quest and all those great Westerns and everything. I really admired him because he could draw 50 horses on a page and it looked great. Yeah. And um, – he said to me this thing, though. He said, you know how you get really good at doing this? And I said, I you know, I think he's going to say, a, do this, that, a, a course of this, uh, some kind of a, a tutorial like that. Certainly. He, said, he says, you have to do it like when, when you don't want to do it. And so I would recommend you, because he says, I think you have the ability, but I think you need to do a monthly or something. Interesting. And – Judge yourself by the twelfth issue, not by the first, and cool. be forced to be under pressure to come up with stuff and develop your mind, develop your ideas, develop all this stuff. And I just sort of took notes at that point. And so I was doing graphic novels and covers and miniseries. So when o Denny O'Neill called and said, "Do you want to do Batman?" Doug Minch didn't want me to. He had said, "Wow, because we're doing these graphic novels, we're doing all these things." Don't. Oh, sure, know. okay. Okay. What are you doing? And and so I didn't even review it with Doug. I just when Denny O'Neill called said, "Would you like to do a year on Batman?" And I said, "Yeah, I did." It didn't. Yeah. So it then it turned into three. It would have been four, but it turned into three. I learned everything on how to do this by physically doing it. Okay. With no one to ask, no, you know, there was no chance to to. You got one day to pull your reference. If if Doug asked for something, a building, a structure, a train or something, I had one day to find it because you couldn't waste your time. And that kind of pressure and fear made it happen. And I always think of Doug Wiley who said that was going to happen. So I got to the end of the first year and I said, I kind of like this, how this is doing. And you get into the rhythm of it. You get into the routine. Um, uh, there would be days I had no idea what I was doing, John. Zero ideas. None. I just drew. I just drew. It just had to be done. And then there'd be other days that they flew by and I didn't even know it. But Doug used to say a thing. He, he would just uh, he had just said, and when you get that page done for that day, you stop. If it only takes 20 minutes, you stop and you go on to something else. If the other day because there's other days it's going to take 12 hours. I, and it's all you, good advice. I, I, I so it, get it. Yeah, please. I think it makes artists better. I think I think if an artist commits himself to say, "Yeah, I'll do twelve issues," twelve issues of something, they'll be better for it at the end. I so get it, and honestly, especially doing the work when you don't feel like doing it Absolutely. and getting in that routine, 
you'll forgive the comparison, but truly in my own work as a, a guy who had to crank out radio commercials and stuff, yeah. and they all can't be award winners. No. Nope. And it, but you have to find that way. And like you said, there are some that you'll burn through and some will take hours. And they really work kind of, especially yeah. So I mean I, I so get what you're saying. And and, and what yeah. happened was in three years I had a massive body of work and a reputation. And yeah. and I knew how to handle the fear of a encroaching deadline. I knew to get over, I had to be in the mood. It, there's no moods for this. It is you're being fired upon. <laughs> you know, it's deadline art. I and always I say, I to, always say that. Yes, you learned to not. You you learned to tell the truth when the editor called. Where are you? You told him where you were. Okay. You know, there's yeah. a lot of guys didn't do that. Oh yeah, I can, I can tell you horror stories that of guys who who did not do the right thing. I would always say where I was, and uh, I can say almost every single time they went, "Wow, you're that far along." Okay, that's great. Oh, that's fantastic. You know, they were ready because they had been dealing with all these people who said, "Yeah, I'm on page 13" when they were on page four. Absolutely, man. And uh, so I would always say, well, I'm on page 12. And they go, oh, that's excellent. Okay. See you later, Kelly. And you really were on page 12. That's I really fantastic. was on page 12. Because they might they might say, hey, uh, send what you have then. Certainly. And you could back it up. Absolutely. I, man. I, and I, I would dare them to. Yeah, okay. I'll send what I have. Outstanding. You know? Good luck. Uh, and – and it was something also I didn't want to leave my inker without time. Okay. You know, I, I didn't want to abuse that because I came up as an inker. And I had the good for fortune of working with Butch Geis, who always gave me time. I never was without time. That guy always gave – man, it would be the first – it would be on a Tuesday. They would say the stuff will come, and bang, there it was. And Butch used to say to me, you deserve as much time. I, I'm not going to eat your time. Because a lot of times a penciler would and then complain about what the inker did. Well, you can't complain if you give them no time. You get what you get. And, uh, yeah. and, and so at that point, I always appreciated it because he gave me time. I was able to stand out and have a career I and not you. just be a guy who got things done. I totally understand. Our, uh, you know, we're past an hour, and, and, and I don't want to take up your time. There are a couple other questions that I sure, want to go. get to. Okay. Whatever you need, John, I'm fine. You're awesome, man. Um, somebody Here it is. Uh, Jordan had a great point, and I wanted to hear your point of view on this. He's a fan of Kyle Hotz's art because – or Hotz. I, I never know mm -hmm. how to say it properly because it seems like uh, your art style influenced him. And what is your take on how you've influenced other artists? Well, first of all, Kyle's the genius. And he has, he has a wicked imagination. And if there's anything we have in common is we liked maybe the same things, but he has a wicked imagination and no fear of doing whatever it takes to make the, to make the work great. So uh, for me, as far as influencing other artists, it's probably not so much that I would think that, they would look at me and say, yeah, I want to do what Kelly did because I don't know what it is I'm doing half the time. But what I think if they do take it is the risk taking to just go off and do something that uh, my endeavor always was to good or bad, like it or not. They knew it was me. That That's all I wanted. 
just to know it was me. Sure. Um, and if there's if if there's anything I tell other artists or if I, other artists tell me that, I always say it's okay to do something people don't like. It's okay to have the editor upset because you change. It's okay if you love it and not in an honest sense, not in that sense that I like everything I can't hear. But honestly, you feel you you know when you've done something that that makes your heart swell. You know it, and for whatever it is that that's going to work. And if you have someone come along and an editor goes, yeah, but the cape's not completely right here. You go disregard that, you know, just disregard it, disregard what they said, because you know, it worked. If an editor comes along and says, you know, what would make this even better is if you do more of this, or if you do this thing here, or they, they clear the, the way for you. Um, you, it's a thin line. You keep your ears open to honest, work criticism of what makes it work but you don't have to follow any kind of technical rule because there are no technical rules people come into this thinking if i can do this absolutely the the perspective or the anatomy or the whatever right it they don't care it it's it's not algebra where there's a right answer what it is is um uh intuitive it is emotional it is whatever makes someone go ooh because i always say to people when you say name a great musician they'll name all these very technically great musicians they don't ever mention john lennon who was the greatest of all in terms of how he wrote completely brand new still after 50 years or whatever it sounds like it could have just it's still ahead of its time the I guy heard. worked with 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 complete open heart work it was just laid it open that's how you go about it and whatever happens happens the rest i can't control i mean i'm shocked as much as denny wanting to talk to me it's you getting a hold of me after all these years going hey do you want to talk about stuff you did i'm going really okay i mean okay i can because i don't see it i just see for that day john i wasn't bored that was my big fear in life is i'll have to go be a bank teller I apologize. For <laughs> I was a bank teller. I know what okay. you mean. You know, okay. I was afraid of something like that. <laughs> and, and you can be yes. very successful in the world doing, but I, sure. but my, but, but you know, my big fear would be, you're going to be bored. You're just going to be bored. Cause my mind is working in all these different ways. While I'm doing this, I'm not bored. So everything after the not being bored is gravy. That's outstanding, man. Outstanding. Um, McCorgan B. wanted to know how the process was of doing Batman Kings of Fear. He loved the story. He loved the art. Uh, thank you very much. I think it's it, it's the definition of an organic tale. Um, Scott Peterson, who used to be uh, the assistant editor when yes. I first came on, and hired me to do Batman Nightfall covers. Oh, wow. Go on. Um, yeah. And he had this... All he wanted to do was a really good scarecrow Batman kind of a thing. So we would talk over each issue. We didn't know where it was going to end up. We didn't have any of that. We just knew kind of here, kind of there. And I told him a thing and I said, well, uh, when we started it, I said, all we have to do, and we did this. I said, all we have to do is think of seven, six or seven really good moments in each issue. And several really good moments in the whole thing. We'll stitch it together however it goes then. 
you know, like, wouldn't it be cool if Batman did this thing? Or wouldn't it be cool if we saw Scarecrow do that? It has no relation to the story yet. We'll stitch it together like Frankenstein. And that became a kinetic energy all the way through it. Wow. And I remember, uh, I remember that I was very pleased that it sold really well because it was not a Batman anyone needed. It wasn't like it's part of something. It has this thing going on that connects to 15 other books. It was just its own thing. If you didn't want it, you weren't going to miss anything. If you thought, yes. oh, God. But if you bought it and didn't want to buy everything else, you could you could dig it, right? Sure. Um, it gave me a chance to do a lot of the stuff that I'd always kind of had been knocking around in my head. And again, uh, DC, bless their hearts over all the different changeovers and turnovers. They always let me just do what I want to do. They never, whether it was Denny a long time ago, uh, Dave Wilgus now, they just say, do your thing. That's outstanding, man. Yeah, it is. I'm very lucky. I think if, if anything, that's probably the payoff for risking being fired all these years by changing dead man and Sandman and Batman and doing all that stuff is people begin to say, okay, you know, he's, he's trying, he's working hard. Um, <laughs> That's unstable. And forgive me if you've done Marvel work that I'm not aware of, but I've done a Marvel? little bit. I did a, a Venom miniseries. Okay. Um, that would and make a lot sense. of it was, a lot of it was, uh, I was, when I was working at DC, um, I, again, my fear of boredom is it's sometimes good to have something on the side and, and sure. I was younger and I could just draw like the, the wind then. Outstanding. And so I took an aliens thing for dark horse. Yes. You mentioned yeah, indeed. Uh, I did an aliens thing for them. And then I did, uh, a venom thing for Marvel. I think I did a Magneto one too. I did my, uh, series for myself. I would do, I would do st- just jump around because it is good to keep it all juiced. Sure. And and then I would return to the Batman stuff or even while I was doing Batman with that energy in place. Um, again, it's why I always tell young artists, if you can overcommit by 20 percent, you can do that because that fear you'll 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 get it done. And um, once you do that, that fear and that desire, your 12 year old kid again drawn comics you just you keep trying to connect to that 12 year old boy i get it man listen this has been terrific and uh i mean we can continue uh but I, you've been incredibly generous with your time thank you dr ben he just wanted to say thanks to kelly for inspiring so many of us having a great conversation here and so many great tips that you're giving us uh, in this conversation well they're just they're one. just actual practical stuff i mean i i didn't come up with it they these things were offered to me by guys who were geniuses in it very but i want to say geniuses like this they weren't like pie in the sky moody artist guys who looked in the middle distance they were blue collar workers i mean yes very hard working men yes. and women and they i i think what they used to do that i loved is one of the best things I ever was told i think was gil kane said kid get a really good coffee maker and he <laughs> says i'm not joking <laughs> You want that thing not to break at two in the morning when you need it the most. Absolutely. It it better work. So you get a really good one. And I went, that's a good idea, you know, but these guys, John, when you look at their work, uh, a Gil Kane is still electric to me. 
So they could so poo-poo themselves and they could say I'm a blue collar guy. And they were, but man, that, that thing, whatever that thing is, they were pulling it. I get it, man. And you know, seriously, I, I, I will never name this podcaster, but one of my fellow podcasters treats golden age, silver age, bronze age uh, creators like they're the Keebler elves. Yeah. And I'm always like, Hey man, just like you said, it's like, no, again, deadline art. And yeah. these guys, as I mean, that's why they're even more amazing because they're hitting a deadline and they got to get the job done, whether they're feeling it or not. And they are in yeah. uh, with those circumstances making incredible art. This isn't I, Michelangelo on his I, back painting the Sistine Chapel. This is a guy who's got to get it done by five o'clock. Well, and I would, I would not. I would say, you know, Michelangelo did that ceiling in only four years. And if you've ever seen okay. it, you go, wow. Done. And what did he do? What did he write about it? I always loved Michelangelo. He didn't write, yes, God visited me and I did this thing and the modes and the moods and all that. No, he went, God damn it. They're not paying me on time. <laughs> Get off your ass, Pope. Let's yeah, go. <laughs> I need my gold. Okay. So, so I always used to love that about him. I'd read all this stuff and I'd go, he doesn't say anything about his inspiration or his, what he did. It's just this bastard isn't paying me on time. <laughs> and I went that I, I instantly, he and I, I connected, but no, it is, it is that thing. And, and let me tell you, it's wonderful. I, I can say that. And I am very pleased that people like what I do, but I'm, the thing I hang my hat on is I did 36 issues and 36 months of Batman and didn't miss a deadline. And, kept it going and did my own thing and that whole that all of these things that are really now i god i go how did i do that uh bob dylan was once asked how did you write those songs those incredible songs i don't know that was a different guy that i don't know who that guy is that's a different dude and it, it is something i think it's the virtue of uh of just this internal fire that burns and and i try to keep it going that's why I still work very, very hard because I don't want to rest on anything. I hear you. Um, I don't go back and look at my old work too much unless I have to for review purposes or something like that. Um, so, so when I go back and look, I go, man, I don't. Rem who was that guy? What? Why did he? If I was an editor, I'd have called and yelled at him. Um, but, <laughs> but uh, for whatever reason, those people wanted something different and. I was doing it more than I knew. I was doing it to satisfy myself, certainly, but I didn't think of it myself that different until I looked at other people's work and I went, oh my God, <laughs> you know, I'm, you know. Uh, but but it's a joy and that pleasure of, of hard work uh, and the excitement of actually building uh, a reputation based on your heart is uh, irreplaceable. I, I understand Len now and Bernie when they would talk about that. Um, they didn't speak in terms of pride. Doug Mensch was another one. They just, they had done it. And um, when they would reflect upon it, there was a certain, hey, I, I was able to, you know, do my, I did this. I served it in, in, in a time of greats, you know, Sorry. and I didn't, didn't embarrass myself. No, man, you're, you're, these are your, I mean, I know how you feel about them and the esteem you give them and stuff, but it's, they they were your peers as far as we're concerned on the right. I, and I'll, 
always love that you said that and appreciate it. And and there's but there's that part of me that goes, I was 12 years old in the back of my parents' station wagon reading these things, man. Never. I remember reading the treasury edition of the Raza Ghoul Denny O'Neill Batman's with and I just I remember that. Right. Yes. So yes. when I'm when I'm talking to these guys, I'll never that is like that 12 year old was just sitting there. <laughs> it's like going, why didn't I think to bring this so they could sign it? You know, <laughs> I get it, man. No, I have my broadcaster heroes like that as well. That it's like, no, you guys are the deans, man. I'm the, yeah. I'm the student at your feet. I yeah, totally and, get it. And, and that, that class never ends. Ex- a- Amen. Kel. Absolutely, yep. man. No, I'm the- seriously, man. Why don't we talk more often? Shame uh, on, me. Shame on will- me. Yeah, Shame on you. This is my fault. <laughs> it's the truth, Kel. No, we always uh, really, I, I am enthralled every time. No, I love talk. this. St- Look, I you love this. St- I'm always, I, what's good about these things is, is like I said, I live in the real world, do all this kind of stuff. Sure. This stuff brings it all back out of me. Right. And, and it's like, sometimes like to me, the perfect comic book was always tales to astonish. Cause yeah, I got two stories in a book and I could read it. And then my friends and I could all talk. And I felt like, it's the same amount, but it, to me, I felt I was getting twice. Sure. You know, but it was pure comics and pure joy and pure excitement. And, uh, <laughs> you know, if somebody says to me something about Jack Kirby or something, I'm right back there. I'm right I'm back there. And it yeah. doesn't go away. Um, I can, I can like a vampire, pass in the real world. They don't know what I am when I walk by. They don't know this is all there. Don't start. Don't say Barry Smith. If I'm in the grocery store, you'll get a lecture on how great he is. <laughs> but, but it's right there, you know. Yeah, um, and so these things are fun because it does it does uh, bring it all back out. It never went away. It just it's always there. I get it, man. No, I, I totally understand. And I, it's, the, uh, it's the paper ones that were, it's this thing in paper, this anachronistic, silly, old fashioned thing, movies, TV, whatever else is out there. It's great. Nothing comes as close to that. I don't say that out of nostalgia. I don't say it out of some kind of misplaced, uh, it, it's, a uh, uh, Freddie Mercury, Radio Gaga. It's, it's still that. <laughs> You know, yes, and also it's its own original art form. Yes. And and honestly, Kel, with with some humility, this is why I started Word Balloon because it's like, no, these are artists that are creating, like you said, just one of a kind storytelling yeah. that you can't find in other mediums, and that's why it's exciting. And these guys deserve their due and well, John, deserve one on one the explorations. It's, it's yes. a one on one thing, it's yes. you alone. Yes. In a room reading it by me alone drawing it. And it was one-on-one. It isn't a big crowd. It isn't an audience. It isn't all these communal. Th- it is just you and me. And I'm trying to tell you something. That's it. That's all it is. And that's connection. Uh, it's why if someone really loves you or really hates you, I can understand it because you're alone with them. You know? Right. Right. It's a private performance. It is. It's very private. And and it's so cool. And uh, those days where my buddies and I, we'd all go and get our comics and sit in a room. And, the you know, you always hated because this guy's reading Iron Man while that one's reading, you know, Teen Titans. <laughs> Don't spoil it. Don't ruin it. But that that I still have not reached that level of energy in other kinds of things. I just haven't. No, I get it. Are you going to do any physical conventions this summer? I, you know. 
Uh, I'm going to. Someone try. asked earlier about Emerald City. Specifically. Yeah, I'm going to try to if if the, if the right offers come in at the right times where I can make it because I am like I said I have a couple of things coming on. The okay. only problem with a guy like me is summertime is when I'm doing all the October releases because they all want me for Halloween releases. Certainly, so I'm, yes. always, I'm always kind of screwed for the summer because they all say, hey, these things have to be coming in. And this summer is a good one. Like I said, uh, uh, yeah. getting a chance to work with Matt, uh, with Matt Wagner and getting to do this, this little DC thing. It's, it's a pleasure. I mean, it's just a joy every day. And um, God, the same as when, you know, this year will make 40 years I've done this. Wow. And you're just making me realize that. <laughs> I just, it was, uh, yeah. I was hired on uh, Halloween weekend of 82. Yeah, but Kel, the great thing is, and truly, I say this is someone uh, just like you that were in our late <laughs> 50s and stuff. Yeah. It's a different kind of 50s than it was, at least from perception. Maybe our grandparents and our parents. No, I think you're way. right. No, but, I yeah. think you're right. I, you know? I, I stayed very connected to all the things I loved growing up. I still, I mean, look, yes. one of the things that's cool is I still have the comic books that I bought then. I still sure. have the posters I bought then. I still have all these books and records. And, sick, oh, yeah. I, I mean, from move to move to move, I have all this stuff. And if you go to normal people, they don't have anything from those years. Zero. I get it. Yeah. They may have a photograph of an old dog, but I have all of this stuff. And it I, is, Oh, this I got from the comic book store. Stand you by. Know? I'm zooming you know, in. From, uh, like which, which one? This here. Oh, that, sure. Yes. You know, I got stuff. Uh, <laughs> yeah, see all this? All yeah, these man. Things? Uh, wow. All that wow. stuff. All oh goes God. back to, I've had those things for, <laughs> what, 30, what? 40 years? I've had them my whole life, Seventy since the 70s. I've had those things. How they've maintained, I don't know, but I love because I love them, and I think that's yeah. true of everyone who's doing this, everyone who's listening in, everyone. We all do this, and it's what separates us. I agree. I put Michael's comment up. He says he's been reading comics for fifty-five years. Yeah, man, and 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 again, I think you know, uh, Kel and I are right behind you, yeah. and and also I think we're the oldest end of the demographic. And forgive me, Michael, yes. and those that are older that do, keep those things. But yeah, like those previous generations, we're like on the old end. Now you talk to somebody now in their twenties, in their thirties, even their forties. And they, they really had a more accepting, I think society. And also they really huh. wanted to hang on to that stuff. Oh, more. come on, John, you know that everybody in high school accepted the fact that you were coming in there with your big thing of comics to read at lunchtime. You know that. No, <laughs> no, no. God, I had a job. I had a radio job at a sports network in the early twenties. And one of the engineers tried to shame me about love and comics. And I was like 35 and it's like, Bad news, dude. I like who I am. I'm so yeah. sorry you're so insecure with your it world was. that you got to try and taunt me with liking comics. I'm like, it's your loss, man. Whatever. Uh, and he apologized. Me, and, but I'm like, no, fuck you, man. Yes, I'm like, you don't get me, it. It made me immune to all the bad influences <laughs> yes. as a kid because I didn't want to jeopardize my comic books, right? I didn't want to jeopardize it. So all the other kids were doing, you know, all that stupid stuff kids do. Uh, which is probably pretty harmless by today's so, but it was all that stuff. And there's no way, man. Um, I was, I was uh, just not going to screw with the gods 
to get my Jack Kirby Black Panther comics. To, to 2001, I, you know, I had to have oh, his comics. comics. Yes, yes. And uh, oh. and I remember, I remember the sheer joy of that. And um, no, there was no acceptance then. I, I, I don't say it was like, yeah, and we were tough. It was the Wild West as far as that went. Yeah, um, fine. Yeah, and I knew who I was. I loved it. I didn't care. I, no you, clue. I didn't care whatsoever. If someone made fun of it, I go, yeah, that's fine. Exactly. Yes. Hey, I remember though being very excited, and I found all those uh, Avengers one through ten then, and I still have those. So wow. to those people wow. who let those go, who made fun of me, um, ugh, I still read them. But I, you know, I'll offend everyone. I still read the originals. You know, I love Good the for you, man. Food. I, I love you know, love them. I appreciate, and especially doing a collector show as we're doing, yeah. people that slab their books and press them and everything. And it's that. like, yeah, man, no, again, yeah. like, we're of that generation. Like, no, That's we read like our locking books. a beautiful woman in a room and you can just look at her through people. <laughs> yeah, it's like Mr. Freeze with his uh, frozen wife I in the comic cartoons. I, yes. I, there is this tactile olfactory reaction to these things. I'm with you. And yes, I take care of them when I do it. I don't chuck them or anything. Yeah, yeah, I sure. do it. And uh, and I I am right back there, that wonderful back room of the comic book store smell where they had the old ones and they oh, let God, me go yes. pick what I wanted. Yes, God, that was that was cool. I'm with you, man. Oh, that's so funny, Kel. A truly fantastic conversation, man. As Thank always. You. And, was a uh, and and uh, hey, now you you know now that I know you got the Wagner thing and the other DC thing coming up. Uh, we won't wait years for the next conversation. Okay. Okay. I'll be bugging you. Don't worry about you, it. I will be waiting to be bugged. Absolutely. Uh, Kelly Jones Art, at Kelly Jones Art on Twitter, and uh, just Kelly Jones on Facebook or Kelly Jones Art on Facebook? Yeah, just Kelly Jones on Facebook. I'm there. Okay. And Hell there, no, because it has the weird drawings. I'll, you know. Oh, yeah. And also, again, reminding people the, the spelling for Kelly is right there. But uh, great conversation, Kelly, as always, truly. Uh, I, I'm so glad. I'm, I'm so glad that you're always willing to come back and that we have these kinds of conversations. It was a blast, John. I had a great time. I feel the same way, man. Everybody, thanks a lot for watching. Uh, there's going to be a, just under 90 minutes before the next panel, and then we got a full slate tomorrow. I will have the pleasure tomorrow of speaking to um, Paul Kupperberg early on uh, Sunday afternoon about Bronze Age creators. We'll talk about Neil. We'll talk about uh, George Perez, but we'll also talk about some other things. He has a great uh, couple books that he just put out that collected all of his direct current interviews that he did for yeah. the DC corporate newsletter. Yes. And he would do these great one-on-one -on -one interviews. So we'll talk a bit about those books. And then Mike Gold is going to be on and talk about, you know, his great uh, time at first and all those wonderful artists that he brought with him from first to DC, making that big impact in Green Arrow and Suicide Squad and, uh, of course, Tim Truman's Hawk World. So many great yeah. things. So great conversations tomorrow. We'll talk. We'll reminisce more just like we did with Kel, but we'll also talk about some new stuff. So thanks for watching. Take care. Everybody stay safe. Stay happy. Stay healthy. Kel, stay on the line. I want to I wanna okay. talk to you a little bit. Okay. But everybody uh, take care. We'll talk soon. Word Balloon is brought to you by Aftershock Comics. Aftershock has a great month of books 
released in May that you should be aware of. Coming up at the end of the month, it's The Search for Who, the complete series. We've talked to John Sui and also Steve Orlando about the book in previous conversations here on Word Balloon. The trade is going to be out at the end of the month. Make sure you look for it from Aftershock. Also, books just getting started. There's Dogs of London, a great series from Pete Milligan and Artisita. Pretty cool stuff, and uh, you should be aware of it. It's a British crime book. It got started this month from Aftershock Comics. Also this month, there's the collected uh, series Beyond the Breach, the first volume, Losing California, from our buddy Ed Brisson and Davian Cusario. This is a great sci-fi road trip adventure you won't want to miss. It collects all five issues of the first volume, Beyond the Breach, from Aftershock Comics. Don't forget you can find full details of story descriptions, preview pages of art, and the diamond codes on how to order these books through your local shop at AfterShotComics.com. Word Balloon is also brought to you by Alex Ross Art. Of course, Alex Ross, the master artist who always paints iconic images of pop culture stars and, of course, our favorite heroic features as well. Whether it's Monty Python, David Bowie, The Beatles, The Monkees, Superman, Batman, the X-Men, the Avengers, you name it, from Marvel, DC, all the big publishers, all the big characters are depicted by Alex Ross in incredible fashion. Whether you want to get posters to original art to lithographs, it's all waiting for you at alexrossart.com. Do yourself a favor and check out the amazing deals at every price point at alexrossart.com. It's waiting for you and your man cave, alexrossart.com. Word Balloon is brought to you by the League of Word Balloon listeners. My team, my superhero team that backs me via contributions at patreon.com slash wordballoon. Listen, I can't do this alone. Uh, the Word Balloon audience has been incredible with its support, and I greatly appreciate it. You know, you are de facto executive producers. There's creative executive producers. There's financial executive producers. And that's what the League of Word Balloon listeners represents. I've got a domino mask and cape waiting for you if you choose to subscribe to Word Balloon via Patreon, patreon.com slash wordballoon. As always, I thank you for your support. League of Word Balloon listeners. Until next time, thanks a lot for listening. Word Balloon is a copyright feature of Shaky Productions, copyright 2022. Stay safe, stay happy, stay healthy.